Hey, this is Bob Tyrell, and you're listening to How Much for Sleeve. Uh, hi, Lucy. Just before we start this podcast, just had a quick question. Um, do you have any cannabinoids that you're interested in? Oh, it's funny you should ask me that, Mick. Uh, yes, I do. I happen to partake in some cold-pressed, chewy gummies. What I look for in a CBD gummy is they have to be 100% natural, use real fruit flavours, they're suitable for vegans, full of omega oils, rich in vitamins B, C and D. Is that what yours do? They taste really nice as well. Oh. And I don't cry as much, I don't think. Well, that's a bonus. And where could uh, where could I find these? You could go to cold-pressed.io as long as you're over 18. And if our lovely listeners were so inclined, is there a discount code that they could use perhaps at checkout? Well, coincidentally, yes, there is, Mick. You just have to type in SLEEVE10 and you'll get 10% off your order. 10%? All they've got to do is just type that in. What a wonderful news. Thanks for sponsoring this episode of How Much for a Sleeve. How Much for a Sleeve! It's episode four of How Much for a Sleeve, and we have Matt Stocks from Origin Tattoo as our guest, and he is a lovely man, isn't he, Lucy, and a handsome one at that. He is a lovely man, and I <laughs> I bully him a bit because I say he looks like Ben from A1 because once his lovely wife, Kitty, posted a picture of Matt when his hair wasn't done, and it did naturally flop into some curtains. So now every time he does like a, a Q&A, I drop in boy band references. A1, a boy band there whose marketing campaign was based on them being at the front of the yellow pages if you're looking for boy bands. <laughs> well, I'm not that good on my boy brand uh, info, but you obviously are. Yeah, I am. Big I'm, fan. Yeah, not a fan of A1, but I'm... I, I've just someone, understood. Yeah, for someone who... <laughs> do you get the joke? Do you get the A1 joke? I've just understood, yeah. Right, good. <laughs> You're now laughing and <laughs> embarrassing. Sorry, I just slapped slapped a surface there and reverberated around. That's okay. I think we know that um, uh, audio excellency is not our forte. <laughs> I think we've definitely stepped up now. We've that stepped up. Listen to this. Listen to how smooth and rich we sound on our. I know. On did our we sound creamy? Yeah, much better than much better than we did before. Thank you for all your comments and saying how good you think it is, and thank you for everyone that doesn't say it sounds shit though. Because we sort of knew it sounded shit, and some of the ones that we've got coming up do sound a bit shit. But we we have um, listened, and we have bought equipment. We didn't realise ever anyone was going to listen to it, so we're as surprised as you are. So yeah, we've got a bit better. <laughs> we've bought some stuff. Hopefully, it won't be that bad. And when we can all see each other in real life, we'll get much better because we'll all be in the same room and everything like that so thank you for your lovely comments thank you for your reviews thank you thank you for your five stars and all that tell your mates pass it on we love doing it and we'd love to carry on doing it but we can't do it without you so thank you that's so cheesy and also i've improved my uh, my internet connection by coming to the shop to record because i've got actual internet at the shop whereas at home i've just got like a it's just a bit of a hut and that then leads me to do stuff like i'm about to do uh, tattoo my own leg. Do you want to tell everyone what you what you're doing? You're you you're maniac. <laughs> well, because I've been here like a few days this week doing interviews and that, it makes me so sad to be in the shop surrounded by everything and not do any tattooing. 
So this morning I just thought, oh, fuck, I'm just going to tattoo my leg today. So I just grabbed a peony out of the iPad and um, and whacking it on a gap. And so when we did, um, we just did another interview and my I wrapped my leg up, numbing it because I'm like that. <laughs> so I've sat here just, with cling just, film wrapped just, around my leg. <laughs> just because of what we've spoken about before, you did say peony, didn't you? Peony. Not peony. No pee. I'm not peeing on my knee. I, not today. I don't do that because I don't go out and get pissed anymore. But hopefully that will resume. <laughs> Won't be long. Fingers crossed. Um, hopefully. What have you done this week? Uh, I've recorded episodes for this. And this is our life now. <laughs> but I don't care. I love it. You said you've been watching some interior design TV. What's it called? I think it's Interior Design Masters on iPlayer. What's 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 the deal with that? Is it like Ink Masters? Is it just some, yeah. some dudes calling people canvases? With interior design, because anybody that's looked at my social media in the last year saw that in the first lockdown, I just transferred all my enthusiasm from tattooing into creating my house. It's mainly lamps. Lamps. That's a new thing. Last year, it was painting. Painted myself into a world of RSI. And um, <laughs> so anyone that has decorated the house thinks then they can be an interior designer. And since watching this show, I could definitely not do that. <laughs> Why not? They're just clever. Like I was only, I decorated like what, five rooms exactly. and they're all black. Right. So I've got a theme. <laughs> you, you could, you could interior design. Uh, a Robert Smith's house. house. But you could, yeah. You couldn't do uh, Leicester city and erstwhile England center forward, Jamie Vardy, who I imagine has mainly crushed silver velvet on everything. <laughs> yeah, I could do it. I could do Cher's house or Cilla Black's house. And I could do um, like Susie Sue's house, but I probably couldn't do Mrs. Hinch's house. Look yeah. at that interior good, design reference. Did, did they all the contestants hate each other and all that the usual drama around those? There's not too much drama, actually. Did I want them? I want them doing little headshots. Yeah, people are too polite in Britain, aren't they? So we'd better wrap this up because you've got a tattoo yourself. Um, and I've got a client there. waiting. <laughs> I need to. I need to try and um, make sure I can still remember how to do it. Yeah, well, let's let's hope you don't don't hurt yourself too much, mate. <laughs> Is it going to hurt? How much will it cost? <laughs> uh, how much uh, for a? I don't know. Tattoo? Anything <laughs> can I bring all my mates and my mum in? <laughs> Episode four. Thank you very much for listening, as always, and uh, we thank will speak you. To you soon. And yeah. How much for a sleeve? Episode four. Matt stops. How much for a sleeve? This episode we've got Matt stops, owner of Origin Tattoo in London. Um, this is a big deal for me because I have creeped on Matt for so long. Um, your work is just up there in my estimation. So thank you so much for coming on. It's it's really exciting. Well, thanks for having me, and thank you for the kind words. <laughs> That'll be the only yeah. kind. Today. yeah yeah i'm sure <laughs> yeah let's do it yeah how how are you finding some time off i'm do you know what i'm good i've i'm uh i'm enjoying it i didn't i didn't love it at the start of this kind of most current lockdown but now i've got used to it it's actually i'm having a good time i'm actually although i am obviously looking forward to going back to work and it's gonna be nice to earn money again 
I kind of got used to doing nothing and it's pretty damn nice. So um, <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a bit, bit of a slap in the face getting the train up to London again every day. But um, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, yeah, same. Like, same as everyone said, like, it's been a bit weird, but I am enjoying the time. And I know when we go back to work, I'll really regret not having made the most of it and done all the decorating and stuff. Yeah. But it's nice to have some time with my daughter, which for you, it must be the same. Like, you've got a, a human child and you this is the sort of time everyone wishes they could get back and you've been able to spend the last year with them. Yeah. Do you know what? It's actually been a, a blessing, really, because although it's work's taken a bit of a nosedive because obviously we've been shut for probably the good part of six months of the year or last year at least and we're still shut now like you said I've seen my son grow up in sort of like fundamental early years of his life which I would have missed a lot of that because I normally work five days a week um when I get home from work he's already in bed so um it's actually been amazing like I feel like I've yeah you just got to look at the positives of it I mean it's it's amazing that's it and hopefully us we won't ever have this sort of time off again so it is nice to look at the positives and and take as much as possible from it That's so it. yeah not all bad I think, the, I think the trick is is just to have a good time all the time and just not worry about anything do you know what I mean <laughs> if you do that you've got no problems have you ever thought about being a life coach you could solve so many a issues. lot of people have said to me yeah you should make quotes and stuff online and sell inspirational them quotes. inspirational quotes yeah there's yeah. some you should just put them out as tattoo design <laughs> I might get some t-shirts made with inspirational quotes on the back stuff that makes yeah. absolutely no sense <laughs> <laughs> like just just don't worry if you're anxious yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. just, just, just be better I think yeah. Yeah. there's just something you said there Lucy about um being productive and things like that I think that there's a lot of pressure on especially creative people like you there was a lot of pressure on in the start to because everyone was doing stuff and putting, you know, their, their prints out and things like that, which is all good. And we're all for that. But I do think there was a bit of pressure on people. You've got to be doing something. You've got to be, you know, putting something out there. And I think just getting through it is enough, you know, not going mad. Yeah. I think is, I think when you're, say, if you're scrolling through Instagram and you see someone there like, oh, I've, I've done this, whether it's work related or personal life, you know, I've painted my house or I've, I've done a tattoo painting or whatever I've done and you look at it and you think shit this person's like really proactive and they're doing stuff and you scroll down and the next person's doing it and you kind of you feel like everyone's doing stuff and they're making the most of their time but that person might like each person you scroll past might have just done one good thing through the whole of lockdown and it just happens to <laughs> you just scroll through them all in one big go and then you you feel like shit and you've got to do all the stuff as well so um like I said before just don't worry about it <laughs> I mean, it's a good attitude thing. it doesn't matter yeah. Yeah. if you want to do something do it and if you can't be bothered that's fair enough yeah and enjoy yeah. the day yeah. and practice for it like this you know what when, when, when you've got pressure to do something it sucks the fun out of it Yeah. and then you don't enjoy it so like with this lockdown I, I, I kind of had that at the start I had that pressure I was like oh I'm going to try and put out loads of artwork and I'm going to like work on this and practice my drawings and blah 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 and then I kind of just didn't do it I just like sitting around thinking oh, oh shit I'm wasting my time and then it just kind of naturally happened I started getting busy doing stuff just off without the pressure of anyone else doing it do you know what I mean it just happened naturally and I've been working on some little projects here and there and 
I'm happy doing that and I don't feel like I'm competing with anyone or I've got any time pressure or it has to be better than someone else's shit or whatever like that. Just, yeah, it doesn't matter. What have you been doing? What have I been doing? Oh, I know. Yeah, like... Well, do you know, so I've um, I've been trying to work on some merchandise on a clothing range. Um, I saw what, What I've been trying to do is get the stuff embroidered at really high quality. So I, I didn't really want to go solely down the like screen print kind of route. I wanted to do like real crazy, nice, big embroidery on jackets and hoodies and stuff like that. So I've been really pursuing that and it's taken me down this like rabbit hole of, it's been so difficult to get the product how I want it, but it's become like a bit of a mission of mine to make it happen. And I'm almost there, I've almost cracked it. But um, yeah, so that's that's been taking up a lot of my time as obviously as well as my son, like playing with him and watching Hey Dougie and stuff like that. They look lush, your like t-shirts or sweatshirts, the ones with the um, eagle on, they look so yeah, nice. Thank you. It's getting there, it's getting there. I've got a, a cool little, like something cool is coming up on the horizon. I'm not, I'm not going to say what it is just yet, but um, yeah, I had this little mission started and I kept hitting all these hurdles where I couldn't, figure out one solution or I couldn't find this supplier or I couldn't do this or whatever and each hurdle I kind of met someone else or networked somewhere here and there and it's kind of led me to I think I've cracked it basically so fingers crossed oh. I can bring out some clothing soon and people will actually like it and want to wear it but we'll see if they don't it doesn't matter <laughs> I, mean, I just have 600 hoodies in my garage whatever yeah. <laughs> you sold two at least (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's hard like thinking about what to put out there because half you like it's nice to try and make some money and also try and think of something original and I had um I found this guy on Instagram it's um clear cut creations and he does engraving and um like woodcut stuff yeah and looking through all of his work and I was like oh my god it was so cool so I got some glasses made these little tumblers i saw those they're really nice they're so cute aren't they when they came but i did it like on a pre-order because i feel like nothing's really selling at the moment everyone's a bit hesitant because it's well still here and a lot of people are off work and that yeah and i I commit to buying like 50 and sell three and then the same yeah end up with loads of glasses but um so i did it on order and that worked quite well it's it's interesting because I had had a similar situation with this kind of clothing where I'm like pre-order is probably the way to go because you don't want to get stuck with dead stock and it's not that you're not confident in your product but you don't want to shell out loads of money and then have you know all these t-shirts or glasses or whatever it is you make sitting around and then you've you've spent a lot of money and it's going to kind of get you down if you're sitting around (laughs) mounting products you can't shift so I think yeah, maybe the pre pre order is the way to go. But um, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Those glasses are really nice. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I was really happy with them, and um, yeah, it was nice to do something something a bit different. But I'm desperate to get back to work now, and I miss going yeah. into the show and a routine and stuff. And like when I because yeah. like, I've guested at Origin, it's got such a lush vibe. Everyone is so lovely that I bet you're feeling the same, missing everyone. Yeah, I mean we've we've we all kind of chat amongst ourselves on WhatsApp and we have like Zoom calls. So we all kind of staying in contact a lot. But yeah, I do miss, I guess, like you said, I miss the routine. Like I've got so used to just 
doing whatever, whenever at the moment. And I, I think for me, the way I work, I, I need that kind of routine and structure to kind of get stuff done. So, and, I, and I do miss the guys as well. Like we have a good laugh. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I can't wait to get back to work. This is such yeah. a super social, sociable yeah. job as well. You know, you, you're seeing however many different people every, every week and, you know, learning new things about people. And then to just have that, if you're used to that interaction every day to then have it suddenly cut off and cut off for ages as well for months, it must yeah. be, it must be hard. Yeah. Yeah. I feel fortunate that I've got, you know, my wife, Kitty and my son, like I think if I was living alone through this lockdown, I'd probably be pretty, pretty miserable, I reckon, especially if you can't hang out with anyone. So yeah. I kind of feel quite blessed on that side of things. But um, yeah, definitely looking forward to getting back into work and seeing the clients and having a good laugh again, eating a lot of burgers, that kind of thing. <laughs> when I was there one day, because it was just quite a short trip, but at the end of the day, we had oysters and champagne and it was like the most glam guest spot I've ever had. Yeah, we need to do that again. Yeah, you've set a precedent now. I tell everyone like in advance when I go to their shops, by the way, Origin laid out this. So what are you going to bring? <laughs> Has anyone matched that? I might, I make... <laughs> Next time I'm going to have to get out the lobster thermidor and all sorts, aren't I? <laughs> really go for it. It's going to get up going. By the, by the fifth time there, you're just feeding her gold. Just spoon feeding <laughs> bullion into her mouth. If I could, I would, honestly. <laughs> so that's, that's yeah. quite interesting. Tell us, tell us a little bit. Um, probably this question is probably to Lucy. Tell us a little bit about, I think you've already alluded to it with uh, your stalking story. Um <laughs> Uh, t- t- tell us how you got to to be to be doing a guest spot down there um I don't I can't remember actually I think Matt you not long opened origin and you just put a call out for guests and I was like me me please <laughs> please let me come and watch you <laughs> and um and yeah and that was last it's always a bit daunting when you don't know the person like if you haven't met in person but going there it was just so chilled and and last it was great and I've been trying to read like I booked another guest spot and it was meant to be for the first lockdown so I think I've rescheduled it twice now <laughs> and I was yeah. actually there the other day and I don't know if it was I don't know if it was James or Kitty that messaged me and they were like oh you're meant to be here today and that's sad I was like just don't <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> so it's, we'll be uh, reunited. Don't worry, it'll happen. That's it. But I think like the shops expanded quite a lot since I was last there. I think you've got quite a few more artists. Because you, I think you were actually our first guest artist, if I'm not mistaken. Was that right? Oh, yeah, I think I was actually. I think you, I think you were. Yeah. And your apprentice Jack was like, <laughs> he said, "Let me know next time you're coming because I'm going to get like a crate of Red Bull <laughs> because I, he was breaking, setting up for me about like twelve oh, really? points a day." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bless him. So, what was it, so, yeah. Lucy? Then about 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 Matt's work was it the 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 technique, the style? What what was it that drew drew you to to, to his work and made you want to go down there? Well, like the style that I do, I do like sort of really feminine um, designs with a stipple shading. And I've been doing it for quite a long time now. I think I probably was one of the first people to do this like really floral version. And um, when I very first got asked for it, I didn't really know what it was. And I had to do a YouTube video. OK, <laughs> just to stop me there, because I don't know what it is. Do you want to just explain quickly what, what stipple shading is? 
it's where you use a liner to do the shading. You don't use a like a shading needle, a mag. You just use the, well, we'll have to ask Matt properly to say because he's the, the king of it, but you just use a liner and it just builds up the shading using dots because you right. you will sort of pick the skin so quickly, it, it just bounces across really. And um, yeah, so I didn't know. And then when I started doing that work, somebody said, oh, I bet you'd really like Matt Stops' work because it's like, it's really awesome. And then I, so then I started creeping. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also because I, I use Rotary Works machines and I remember chatting to them and they said that, that's what you use so I was like <gasps> so when I had the opportunity to come down I was like what, what are you doing what's that <laughs> but um how is how has your style sort of evolved to that Matt is it is it something that you've done since the start or have you just so I mean I when I started I was just tattooing any style whatever came through the door whoever wanted the tattoo I would take it on because I was just so hungry to learn and build a clientele and you know learn I suppose but that kind the kind of stipple stuff I would how did that happen? So I had a few machines from the guys at Rotary Works from Ian and Dale. I kind of figured out that obviously, you know, like with a with a core, you can only slow it down so much and it just basically stops running because there's there's no like power there or no current yeah. not enough current to make the magnet move or whatever. But obviously, with the their machines, you can run it super slow and it still keeps moving. So I was just playing about with the speeds and my hand speed. I kind of figured out that if I slowed it down enough and I was quick enough with my hand I could literally like pop the dots across the skin and I just kind of just started doing that and I, I personally feel more comfortable doing my shading with a liner I just prefer it for the way it looks it's quicker for me same not, you know it's not as good for when you, you want to fill in solid black or use color or whatever but for the type of work I do that's that's like the perfect setup so it kind of just evolved from there like I had the machines from the Rotary Works guys I was experimenting with stuff and it kind of just like happened. And then it was weird because at, at that time, I'd say my Instagram was kind of at its infancy. Like I didn't have a great deal of followers. And at that time, no one was really post like posting process videos or like how you do stuff or like even technique videos. It was all just like the, the actual pitch of the tattoo and that was it. And I remember like posting a few videos of me like doing the technique and at the time, I thought, oh, I'm going to get a load of shit for this. I'm going to get a load of, like, you know, like, the kind of, like, <laughs> that mentality of, like, other artists where they're just like, why are you giving away our trade secrets, you fell? <laughs> but um, it, I know there probably was a bit of that. But, in fact, it just, like, within, like, a year, my Instagram just went fucking crazy. And every day I was getting messages like, what machine are you using? What needle? Uh, like, what are you doing this? What are you doing that? And it, it kind of just went from there. And then uh, as that was happening, I was obviously, like, perfecting that technique as well but um I wouldn't say what I do is any different from anyone else like it's not I don't I, obviously because I do I don't think it's that difficult do you know what I mean but I still get asked on the, on the on the daily like how are you doing that what's this what's the machine what's the needle what loads of questions do you know what I mean and I'm yeah I'm willing to help people and share that info because why not do you know what I mean so yeah, yeah. Well, um what which works machines do you use I use the plain brass machines. I think it's a 3.5 mil. Um, and I've, I've yeah. like, the guys, are, they're such nice guys. They gifted me a couple of machines in the past. I think it was a, um, oh, fuck, what's the name of it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. This some crazy machine that they all invented like one night. And it's, that was really cool. And I started using that for more like mag work. And I also had the ID liner. That was good. 
but for me the plain brass ones were just like my kind of bread and butter that I stick to and I'd, all my shading's done with that even some of my fine line like actual line work I use that for and I for me I prefer a machine with no give it's just direct everything's just there's no like give or softness Jeremy it's just your hand on the skin with the needle getting that technique down yeah um, yeah so that's that's what I use basically I think the tri- the plain brass are quite similar to the triple con rod that I use and yeah. I have to what Rotary works on in a couple of weeks and I'll have to like ask is that about the one that has like a little kind of <laughs> wheel thing holding the needle in place or my do you know what no. I mean uh, no, that I don't know which one that is, but I've got one of those as well. No, the triple conrod is like it's basically like the plain brass, but it's and mine's aluminium, and okay. um, slightly different, I think, um, slightly different. But the reason I got it, and it was the first machine I ever got, was this lime green aluminium triple conrod because I really struggle with my hands and I have carpal tunnels. So when if I use heavy yeah. machine oils or anything, it really fucks my hands and they go yeah. numb straight. So I was using it and like just I use them for everything I've got like three of them now and then they stopped making them and every time I would see them I'd be like please just make me please make one please make another and yeah. Dale's just, oh I hate the triple conrod I hate them why does anyone like them but, and they ended up making making some more but yeah I just swear by their machines I I can't <laughs> you know what I've um I've had these plain brass machines now for for maybe like six years or something and um, it just so happens that the, the Rotary Works guys, where their base is, is like near where my parents live. So I used to pop in now and again, and chat to them and pick their brains and like see new machines and see what they're up to. And it's like an Aladdin's cave with all these like different frames and springs and crazy shit going on. The amount of times I've taken my machine back to be serviced and Ian's like oiled a little bit or like changed something or like put a new vice on it, that it kind of reminds me of that that sketch from Only Fools and Horses with Trigger it's has the broom and he changes what the one it. Do you know what I mean? So I've had these two machines, yeah. but every little bit's been changed so many times. It's a completely different machine, but yeah, it always makes me laugh. I always think like they must just think, Matt, fuck off. Like I keep turning up, like, can you just do this? Can you just do that? But um, yeah. yeah, they're um, legends. They're super nice guys. They are. And like when I've sent a machine, like my green one back to be serviced, it's come back and it's the only thing that is original is the frame. They've literally just yeah. done everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In terms of like value for a machine and what you get out of it, I don't think you can go wrong with their machines. I mean, they're so fairly priced, they're bulletproof, and they they're just so easy to use. It's like, why would you not have I I can't think of any artist that hasn't got one of those in their drawer. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, got one, they're brilliant. Yeah, because yeah. They're all like some of them are a bit more expensive, but I mean the triple conrods that I use, I think when I bought mine it was 180 plus fat or something like yeah. that. And it hasn't really gone that much. And fuck, if they had an unlimited supply, I'd just buy them all. Because <laughs> I yeah. love them so yeah, they are so good. And I've yeah. tried stuff and I think like my other half who I work with, he says, Oh, why don't you just try this one and I'll try it? And and I'm like, nah, it's not the same though, is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah. in for like general day-to-day setup, if you say you somebody came in for one of your roses, which in the unlikely event somebody's not seen, it's like a traditional shape, but with the stipple shading in it, what would you use? What needles would you set up? I would usually do my the outline, I'd use a Dan Cubin machine. Um, just because it's quite a thick outline. So I prefer 
I used to use coils a lot, but like you were saying earlier, like I was getting a bit of wrist ache and they're quite heavy. They're, they're noisy as fuck. And it's not like I'm against <laughs> coil, but once I had the damn cube in, that was just like, there was no looking back. So I use that for all my line work, unless it's really fine. So I use a Dan Cubin and I'd, I've been using the Black Hawk needles. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually I would line one of those roses with like, say, Hollow 10 or something like that. So quite a substantial thick line. Do, do you mean a Black Claw or is a Black Hawk something I don't know about? Black Claw, the needle brand. Yeah, I thought you said, black sorry, I said Black Oh, Claw. a Black Claw. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a secret trade? Yeah, it's like a ripple <laughs> brand I found online. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Black Claw needles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I use a hollow 10 usually for my outline. Um, which I suppose is it's yeah, it's a it's a pretty thick outline, you know. Hit that like that. Because w- what I like about those roses is there's a nice difference in um like the contrast between the thickness of the outline and the dot. Like if the outline is too thin, it doesn't look good against the dots. So that's the kind of like, has to be just right. You know, the recipe has got to be there. Um, yeah. And for my stippling, I normally use either a tight five needle or a tight seven. And um, my go-to is always Tattoo Club of Great Britain, their needles for their their tight yeah. liners. Just call up, what the, guy, the guy's name, like Nigel or something. Or what's his name? What's that? Yeah. It's so old school. I remember that I used to yeah, use that. Wow, what's his name? He's going to kill me. He'll come to me in a minute. Anyway, yeah, you called him up and it's just like some old guy living in his, like making them in his garage or something. But honestly, <laughs> they are the best needles. So yeah, I use that for my, for the stipple with the Rotiworks plain brass. Um, and that's it pretty much. So yeah, two different machines, two different needles and just a pot of black. So it's the most yeah. simple setup. That's it. And it's so yeah. easy to get set up as well like whenever when I go on guest spots and um the apprentice or whoever will be setting up for me and they'll lay out all these pots I'm like I literally just need the one yeah <laughs> yeah but like people say like this you know things that are simple are always the best and I kind of agree you don't need like all this elaborate stuff and crazy wizardry like you like I've seen so many artists that just use black and dip their ink into a, a cup to dilute it and do amazing work so yeah, yeah. You don't need all this crazy shit. Just need a simple setup. You're good to go. Yeah. Depending on what that's you're doing. It. And that, that, yeah. Do you think that a little bit of that comes yeah. from ha- having to be or wanting to be seen as different? And so people are inventing new ways of doing things that aren't necessary because they don't want to be seen as just, just doing what everyone else does. And maybe some of it's because I suppose if you did a different style or you're doing a different type of work and they're, something was bothering you and you knew there was a solution to it you could invent this new product or yeah. come up with your own idea or if you knew you had the the presence online to push your own product rather than buy someone else's then yeah fair enough go for it but i don't know if it's to be different maybe it's it's probably more to like fix a problem or make money i would imagine right um, but yeah like certain tattoos you obviously you do need different machines and you need more ink and you know you can't do a color portrait with one machine and a pot of black and a bit of water you're going to need colors and you're going to probably need you know different needles and stuff like that but um for me i I just need black and two machines yeah the same this makes me want to go back to work and and practice like it's funny because everyone has their setup and i 
really rarely stray from like black claw straight mm. seven and a black claw tight um hella tight four okay and i'm like oh maybe i'll try a tight seven actually for the shape yeah. <laughs> you know what it, um for me i love the tight sevens because they're a little bit faster to work with and the dots are just a little bit more pronounced. I find like if I use anything smaller, like a type five or even a three, you're there for hours stippling. And two weeks later, all those dots just join together and just looks like smooth shading. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and now it looks really cool. Like sometimes I do use a smaller needle, but yeah, for me, like a tight seven or type five is, is spot on. Yeah, you're right. And I get asked for a lot of fine line stuff, which I do really enjoy doing. And a lot of the, the people I tattoo are like females, normally age 18 to 25, and um, they see all the fine line stuff and, and that's what they want. And I'm happy yeah. with that. I really enjoyed it. But I'd love to push myself a bit more and do more sort of bolder stuff. And um, But that's this that's what this all this is about, isn't it? Like you go and guest spots to learn and you you look at people's work to be inspired and we have this great community as long as you're not an asshole and you don't want to tell people your, what you use but yeah have so many places we can go for support and yeah. it's there's so few jobs I think like this where you really just you could be friends with all the tattooists in the country because you've got this massive thing in common yeah yeah it's, it's really uh, cool it does seem to be that from from doing this and seeing that there's a, a lot of people who are willing to lift everyone else up, and I think it's really cool because you know most people are the general public are assholes and not not very nice. And I think it's it's pretty cool that 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 you that there is that like Lucy said there that community that you know prepared to help. Yeah, come down, come down, spend some time with us, and I'll show you what I do. I think that's. Yeah. To be admired for the for the whole industry. So well done, everyone. <laughs> that <was bad>. um, <laughs> that's the good thing about doing guest spots as well. And like that's why I'd always encourage any any sort of young tattooer or someone that's just starting out to try and get into as many studios as possible and work with as many people because you need to network hard. You need to learn different techniques and different skills and see how other people work and their work ethic and their how they treat their clients all these things there's it's so much more to tattooing than just the actual art itself like even like your your etiquette in the studio like the way you rebook people is is so much to it to like become really successful that you need you need to do guest spots and and talk to other people otherwise you're just you're stuck in your own bubble going nowhere you know yeah that's yeah. the thing that's come up uh, come up a few times that people have uh, so talking about guest spots is from for myself look at from the outside looking in when you see people are doing stuff it, i i thought yeah oh, it's just you go and do your stuff somewhere else because it's a way of getting your stuff out there but everyone said it's not just the the tattoo you're doing you might learn something about a new piece of software that someone's using for the, to do their books with you might learn something yeah. about how to run the shop how why, why do you make phone calls at this time why do you do that and all that sort of stuff that you, you didn't even realize you needed to to know or needed to change but you see how someone yeah. else is doing it and it works well so that's cool as well yeah yeah there's a lot to it this actually sort of leads us on to like, we normally put out to the uh, to instagram and ask if anybody's got any questions and stuff that they want to ask and mm -hmm. um question one of the questions that we got through for you and actually i'm going to get mick to say this because i can't remember the wording or the username um 
Yeah, it's, uh, it was underscore Louise Jessica. And they asked, do you think it's better to have a niche portfolio or lots of varied styles? And I'm assuming that's coming from someone uh, trying to get an apprenticeship. Okay, so I would say if it was someone looking for an apprenticeship, I suppose it's really down to the, the quality of the work because if if someone's if we were looking for a new apprentice and I was looking through portfolios and someone had a really unusual niche style and it was executed like amazing, like where it's, it was quite striking, obviously that's going to catch my eye and I'm going to be impressed and I, I would want to talk to them and, and go further with it. But that would be the same for if someone came in with a varied portfolio and that and the quality was really high. But it can look a little bit messy, in my opinion. Someone brings in a book full of drawings and one is one style, one is another style. One is, do you know what I mean? It's just like all over the place. There's no theme. And it kind of makes me feel, feel like when you see a portfolio like that, is that person just tracing those images or copying them and they're all just completely sporadic and random and they've got like a traditional piece, a realistic portrait. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's chaotic. So... Yeah, actually, think about it. Maybe it would be better to have... It doesn't have to be niche. It doesn't have to be really unusual and obscure. But if as long as they, like, have a certain theme and they just they absolutely nail it, then that's good. Someone could come in with a portfolio of amazing traditional paintings, and that would impress me. Or they could come in with, you know, amazing drawings in their own illustration, and that would impress me. But if it's just all fucking madness and just a bit of this and a bit of that, and it's like a pick and mix... Yeah, that that probably isn't going to catch my eye so much because there's not there's no con continuity to it. Do you know what I mean? It's just a bit crazy. I sort of think, where's their mind? What's going on in their in their world? So, what was um? So, your apprentice Jag, what was his um portfolio like when he brought it into you? So, Jack, he likes to do a kind of realistic style. So, his portfolio was a lot of smooth black and grey pencil uh, pencil portraits, but they were like really impressive but um yeah the funny thing with jack is we we wanted to interview him uh, my business partner and i so we said we'd meet him at a pub opposite the studio and before he got there i said to nick all right we're gonna literally just get him drink after drink after drink and try and really fuck him up and see what he's like <laughs> when he's drunk because that's when you can tell if someone's a knob or not do you know I mean when they get pissed <laughs> yeah. and they let loose and he was quite young I think he's like 18 at the time I was like if he gets really drunk and he starts like behaving like crazy or he like do you know what I mean like you know what I mean just gets really pissed and he's a dick then he's not the one <laughs> like no 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 I, I don't really want it I don't drink really I don't want a pint I have a cranberry juice or something <laughs> and we looked at each other like this guy's 18 years old and wants a cranberry juice like what the fuck is wrong with him like he's got some, what's wrong with this geezer anyway Eventually, we, got, we did like manage to get him to have a couple of pints, maybe like one and a half, two pints. But um, he kept his cool. He's like really composed. He's Jack's kind of like old beyond his years, and he's got like a sensible head on him. So he was a yeah. That's what got him the job, basically, or not even a job, but the apprenticeship. Do you know what I mean? He Aww. was um, he's really sensible and he works hard and he's he's not a knob. And because he doesn't like drinking, we knew that he'd turn up on time and he wouldn't be going to any parties. So it's perfect. Oh, bless him. I've, I've just remembered that when I was there, um, there was that stabbing in London Bridge, wasn't there? And we had to shut the shop uh, down. Yeah, yeah. That did happen. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was crazy. And yeah. I remember Jack saying, like, how far he travelled, how many trains and stuff he had to get. And, like, 
his journey was totally fucked because of all the security and things. Yeah. It was trying to make you feel bad for him when someone else has been stabbed on London Bridge. Typical Jack. <laughs> I know he's enough. <laughs> nice things I said about him. Next time I'm going to book even more people. So we have more work. And I won't buy him. Hide his Red Bulls. You know what? He, he, he's... He's so close to tattooing now. He's like done quite a few tattoos and they've been really good. So he's on the cusp of that transition between the the apprentice and starting to do the odd day of tattooing. So who knows when you're next back, he might actually be tattooing that day. So we'll see. Well, I have to do it myself. Um, no, we'll try and find someone. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we've got we've got a really good team of helpers now. So it's not all on Jack. We've got. We've got a few other um, guys and girls that come in on different days and help set up and break down and clean. So that's cool. Yeah, the pressure is not all on Jack anymore. So he's got a bit more freedom to learn and stuff, which is nice. That's my favourite part, I think, of doing guest spots is having someone else to do my set breaking up and Mm, breaking down. Because like we don't have an apprentice at our shop, I had to do it all. (laughs) So I mean, you can be a bit of a a bit of a diva. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, Jack. I've got five people waiting. Come on. <laughs> Time is money, Jack. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Jack. Everyone needs a Jack. Um, I saw something yeah. on uh, on social media that was a essentially a, a list. It was, it was by a tattooist. It was essentially a list of if you do these things when you come to get a tattoo, you're a dickhead. And it was rather <laughs> ups- upsetting for me because it was a, pretty much a list of things that I you do, do. Yeah. yeah or have have done and didn't realize that it, it was bad so um a question for you then is what have you got any advice on general tattoo etiquette for customers and clients who are coming in what 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 do we do that really pisses you off that you would like to tell tell everyone listening don't do that <laughs> well I've got I've just got to say that I think every single person has been that person at one point in their life I know that i definitely been into a tattoo shoot to get a tattoo in the early days of getting tattooed and done something that was kind of considered a faux pas or embarrassing yeah. or annoying or they probably thought it was absolutely belly do you know what I mean so everyone's done it so you don't need to like worry about that so much um but I suppose as long as you turn up to your appointment on time and you're polite and you're patient and you listen you're not going to have any problems at all. If you listen to the advice that you're given, um, you're going to have a really good time. I think something I would say definitely don't do is turn up with a sort of any arrogance or, you know, with a big group of friends or anything like that. It doesn't necessarily go down too well. Um, but I think, yeah, if you turn up on time on your own, you're nice, you're polite, you're friendly, you're, you're going to have a really good time and you're not going to have any issues. And I think, especially at Origin Tattoo, we'd never treat anyone like shit anyway, even if they did something that maybe in the back of our minds, we thought, you know, this, this person is not really behaving the way they should. We wouldn't say anything unless it was really out of order because um, you want everyone to have a good time. So it's not something I would worry so much about or, think overthink because it's just going to make you nervous and you just come out in hives and faint or something you know what I mean so you just want to just relax get some nice food and you come in and just chat to everyone and have a good time and you'll be fine yeah because I think the things I've done they were on the lighter side of the of the naughty list the, but the one that that 
does seem to come up is that I've seen as well as when people bring in a big crew and there's someone actually genuinely waiting there and they can't sit down because someone's brought four people into the shop to to watch them yeah. get their yeah. their first tattoo and they're oh, I'm going to get one and they're telling you what what tattoo they they're nearly going to get or you know while yeah. they're actually talking about the tattoo they're going to get yeah yeah so, I mean you, you got- get you get so many different walks of life and different people and everyone's got their own thing going on so it's every day is different and every client's different but uh as long as you're polite you're not gonna have a problem you know what i mean you you could go into you know it could be your first tattoo you could go in there and say something that you might deem embarrassing or you know you might wish you hadn't said but as long as you're polite about it we're not going to care do you know what i mean we're just going to give you good advice make sure you have a good time and get a nice tattoo so if you come in and you think you're fucking the don and you're rude to people that you might yeah that's it eventually get told to move on but that's rare. So have you got any have you got any funny stories from uh your time as tattoo from from a, a client's point of view like what any any funny well, things I, have happened? Um, I have a ad after this. <laughs> One of my favorites is probably so this is I was working at the the previous studio before Origin and a client came in and she had some script or some font tattooed on her I think it was along her like collarbone on her chest and it was either a sentence or a word. I can't remember what it was. And it was done by a guest artist and he was traveling from abroad. I think he was from Spain or Italy or something. Anyway, so this client came in as a walk-in, got the tattoo done and left. A couple of hours later, she called up and said, look, um, I'm having a bit of a freak out. They've spelt the tattoo wrong. And um, the guy on the desk was like, hang on, sorry, they start again like what's your name who tattooed you and she said there was this, this guest artist and he he was foreign and he's done it wrong he, he's written the word completely he's fucked it it's backwards and freaking out like i need it sorted whatever and they're like okay whoa, whoa. so what, what what exactly is going on what does it say and she said well i'm, I'm standing in front of the mirror it's backwards <laughs> like, wait what <laughs> like you're looking at it in the mirror and it's backwards and she's like Oh, uh, and like the penny drop. <laughs> like, doesn't matter. And just like hung up, <laughs> and obviously he told everyone. We just laughed about it, but um, stuff like that. Yes, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> that is so. That's like <laughs> this poor guest artist. You know, he done nothing wrong. He done a perfect tattoo, and she was just like, "It's because he's foreign. He's spelled it wrong. He's backwards." <laughs> She's looking in the mirror. <laughs> oh my God. That. Do you think yeah. that's? Listen, that um, I had a paramedic in once and she said at the start of COVID, they've been called, somebody called 999 at um, Liverpool Street because um, an Asian man had coughed. And so at the time it was like, oh. right, let's start. And this, this whole crew of people in hazmat suits turned up and surrounded him. And he was like, I've literally, I was born in Slough. I've never been to China. No. <laughs> I don't wonder if it was the same person. He's foreign. He's <laughs> done Oh my God. Um, I have a, a tattoo customer horror story. So if it's squeamish, please come back in five minutes because I've told this story to a customer before and he sat for like five hours before I told him the story. And after I told him the story, he passed out. And then um, he literally left with three letters on his finger because I was, <laughs> I was doing writing across both knuckles and he, he ended up with like a word and a half because he couldn't continue. But um, basically I was tattooing this girl and I was doing some roses on her arm and it was her first one. And she was sitting in a chair um, facing Grant, my boyfriend who I work with and his client. And he had a client who was lying on their back and tattooing away like quite happily and then I look at this girl and she is green and suddenly she projectile vomits all over 
and Grant's customer. And it was awful. She just did up. And then she was sat in the chair. It was it was just like the exorcist. <laughs> and she made no effort to put her hand up or anything. And then once it had stopped um, going over there, it just sort of went down her front and all over my feet. And oh, it was awful. And Grant's customer was the most sound person. She was so decent about it because she was covered in a stranger's vomit. <laughs> Did, so did, did, without going too base, did, did the vomit go on the bit that Grant was tattooing? No, Grant was oh, right. tattooing. So lucky. Grant was doing like the inside of her arm. So her arm was um, oh, on the other on side. my customer. And it was this woman's midriff and legs that were covered in. Oh, my God. It, it was awful. So that's not really like a, a funny story. Well, it's, it's one good thing that covid has done then is get you to put that pers- that perspex screen up which yeah. would have caught all of that <laughs> i know yeah screen it stops lots of people coming in and it stops vomit getting on strangers <laughs> oh my god i've only had one person be sick on me in my in eight years of tattooing which has been quite good i think it's time where they've actually been sick i've managed to rush them out to the toilet and then they've thrown up but that's the only time it's happened there really? That's how yeah. she came back. Did she come back and get things she finished? Came back. Oh, that's good. She finished them and I sat her with a bucket next to her. <laughs> I had a, had a guy once. Um, it was it, it was like a Friday night, end of the day. I think we, the studio shut at seven and it was like 20 to seven. And the guy came in and said, oh, I was wondering if Matt could tattoo me. Um, I want to get one of those little swallows that he does. And they were like, Matt, will you do this, do this tattoo for this guy? It's like, yeah, I'll stay, I'll stay behind and do it, no problem. And I came to greet him. I said, hey, I'm Matt. And he was really nervous. He was like visibly like shaking. And he, couldn't, he couldn't meet my eye and his hand was quivering and he was, he was a mess. And I led him through the studio and I took his jacket for him. And he was, he was literally shaking like in his skin. And I was like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Um, I'm just going to grab a coffee. And I was like, Okay, I was like, I'll make you one. He's like, no, there's, there's a Costa down the road. I'm back in a second. And he just ran away and I never saw him again. Oh, no. Yeah, he, he must have just been so nervous. And he just had a fucking freak out. Bit there wasn't even a Costa yeah. nearby. He made that up. He just wanted to get out of there. That's it. Yeah. And I tried my best to keep him calm. I was like, are you okay? Like, relax, like, breathe. Like, everything's fine. You know, don't have to. And that was it. He was on. He, it was like, he ran. Like I, I looked out the window of the shop and he was just gone. It's just like smoke. It's just see you later. So I think that <laughs> that is something. Cause I was I was really really nervous the first tattoo or the second tattoo I got. The first tattoo was, as we've already mentioned, uh, what I got drunk at a festival. So when I went to get the second one, the the fellow who did it, Steve uh, Steve Tucker, shout out uh, almost angels tattoos in Ely. Um, he was so so nice laughed at me and made me feel comfortable because I'd had a shit tattoo on my arm that I needed to get covered. So he yeah. was, he was very, very sympathetic, but also made me, it was like I was talking to a mate cause he was, he made me, made me feel relaxed. And after yeah. that I was fine. And that was that, 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 you know, that first five minutes are so crucial when, yeah. So I was like, do I really want a tattoo? Do I want to get something? And he showed me all these different options and he was just, it was just super sound and, uh, and a real, really, exciting way of introducing me to tattoos not um yeah. not just saying hey, that's, oh, yeah, that's what that. you want yeah 
yeah, yeah. you don't like it is nerve-wracking even now I have I have quite a lot of tattoos and I still get a little bit of that pre-tattoo anxiety nervousness about a new one I think that's normal so yeah definitely you'd be it'd be weird if you went for a tattoo and you didn't have any kind of like yeah tiny bit of doubt or nervousness or anxiety like that's just human nature you, you get that about anything especially something that's so like permanent on your body so it's normal but I think as long as the artist is a nice person and can like coach you through it and give you advice you'll be fine you just don't get tattooed by an asshole do you know what I mean you'll be fine <laughs> if I went to a tattoo shop and they were rude to me from the get-go I would just be like fuck you and walk out and I wish I'd done that in the past because it has I have had tattoos done by people in the past where the shop has been intimidating and I haven't felt like I'm having a good time like in, in a way like when I left I kind of feel like those guys are basically taking the piss out of me and making me feel uncomfortable and took my money yeah do you know what I mean and it's like and then you it's such a shitty attitude and then I think that's part of why when I got into tattoo and I wanted to like I'm not saying I changed the world or I changed that aspect, but I wanted to just do it differently and be nicer to people. Like there's no need to be an absolute cock to someone, especially a, yeah. a paying customer. Like what other industry would you go into a shop and buy something or get something done and they're rude to you or, or, yeah. me or slag you off or something. It's absolutely insane. But yeah, it's a weird business model. Do, and... People used to do that. There are probably still a couple around, but I think that's yeah. almost been squashed now, but Definitely when I got my first tattoos done when I was 18, that was like kind of the norm. I'm not saying everyone did it, but a lot of people did. They thought it was okay to be like that. It's, it's weird. Yeah. And I suppose now that, that there are, that that's being, that's fading out. The If someone is is an asshole, then you've now got the option of going somewhere else. Yeah. Which they I mean, probably might not have been. As the industry grows and new generations come through and people are nicer with better attitudes those people with the stinky attitudes are fucked they're gonna just yeah. come extinct so whatever see yeah. you later doesn't <laughs> matter does it what do you think is coming next like what do you think there are any fashions in tattooing that are due um like um like to come back we see so many things in clothes that come back like flares and, and yeah. certain do you think tribal or something's going to come back or what do you think is going to happen next? Yeah, to be honest, I think everything goes full circle. And I think, to be honest, even like a maybe a year or two ago, I started noticing tribal popping up a bit more on my Instagram and like maybe not like lot, you know, large scale stuff, but people were getting like fun little like cheeky fillers out of tribal. And it was almost like kind of like a bit of nostalgia. Like it's just like a fun yeah. tag to have. And it's kind of come back. So yeah I think everything does go full circle and all all styles might be, suddenly become a bit lame or redundant and then five or ten years or however long that cycle is they come back it's like it's the same as anything same as fashion yo-yos whatever they're cool they're not they come back that's just the way things are um and I can't it's hard for me to say what if there's any new styles that will come in that are gonna become popular because i can't really imagine a new style appearing like i don't even know what that would be i know some, something interesting i did see recently i read an article about some guy in new york that's um got on board with some like i don't know what you call them like engineers to make this ink that fades after one year and he's oh. opened he's opened this tattoo studio in new york where 
you get this, I think they can only work in black ink as far as I'm aware. You get this tattoo and it literally lasts one year. It, so from the day you have it done, you know, like how usual tattoo ink that we, we would use, I think something like one third of it actually breaks down in the skin and you, you get rid of it in your urine and the other two thirds stay in and that, that's your permanent tattoo because you can't break down that, that particle. It's too big. Yeah. But I think the way they've made this ink is you, you can break down the whole ink particle and flush it out. So you have this tattoo done and then gradually as it starts to heal and bit by bit, a year later, there's barely anything left and it's gone. And I read it and I thought it's quite interesting because it was these guys have like, not in, well, I suppose they have invented and they've put a pattern on this ink. And I'm wondering like, is that going to become a massive thing? Because if people have the opportunity to get a tattoo that isn't permanent, and they can try it out. Is could that be the new part of the industry where it explodes where people are like, why would I want to get something permanent when I can just get it for a year and then it's gone? So yeah. that will be interesting to see if how if that takes off or not, because there's a couple of different ways to look at it. There's like some some clients might be like, just get a real tattoo and stop being a pussy. And if you're indecisive, you shouldn't get it. And I'm I'm hardcore and I want, you know, I, I like getting big tattoos or properly tattooed. And then there's the other aspect of like, why would you get it permanent when you can just try it out? And then mm. when you're an old yeah. man, you've got no tattoos again and you just look natural. So it'd be, it. it'd be interesting to see, like, does it take off? And if it does, how does it affect our position? Like, are we going to become quieter because more people are trying out tattoos and then not actually following it through a year later? Or are we going to become busier because people are trying it out, like it, and then get the permanent tattoo? It, uh, do you know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be interesting to see how it goes or, or if, it may not even go anywhere, maybe a load of crap. But yeah, I'd be interested to see what happens. I'm gonna keep my eye on that one. My first tattoo was at um a shop in Ipswich and um they were advertising seven year tattoos. And I didn't actually pay <laughs> this at the time. Somebody told me after I had it. Um that yeah they were meant to to go after seven years for the same principle. And I don't know, I just wanted a tattoo, but yeah. it was like it was a tattoo studio. I was 19 I'd been desperate for a tattoo but I'd been pregnant pretty much all of my 18th year and the week after I had my daughter I was straight in there getting her name on my wrist <laughs> and um that didn't go that's covered up now but no that didn't fade after seven years but I'm sure the technology is a lot better now so hopefully it would I actually do back, back then if you're 18 or 19 and you go into a studio what they tell you you're going to believe if you go into a shop and someone yes. says does this why would you say no it doesn't do you know what I mean yeah what I don't get what they were thinking were they hoping like what we'll do is we'll tell everyone it lasts seven years and in six years time we'll fold the business and just open up <laughs> somewhere else and just keep doing it like what what's the <laughs> business strategy there is, is yeah. man I don't like how you said back then because obviously that was only like a year ago um <laughs> back then in like the 60s yeah. uh I'm <laughs> it's before covid isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah i've told everyone i've been tattooing for six like well it's nearly seven years now but um i haven't <laughs> i'm actually only 21 <laughs> um so what's next for origin have you got any plans for the shop or any expansion or anything like that um so i think at, at the moment we've got a full house we've, we don't have any space for any more artists so we're just trying to like things are going good uh, we're busy we've got a really nice team so I think the next thing for us is really just to kind of tighten it up as a business um, just have a, just have a lot of fun with the team like we had some really cool like little mini trips and holidays booked and everything just got completely like 
sideswiped by the, the pandemic. Oh. So I think this year, yeah, once we get back to work, we've, we've got the funds, we're going to treat everyone to some really nice stuff and just, yeah, just build the team really. And then um, book a lot of cool guest artists like yourself. That's the plan. Just get organised. But at the moment, there's no plans to really expand the studio because I think it's where we are at the moment with, it's nice to have a small shop that's that's too busy then try and get another shop or a bigger place and not be able to fill it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So at the moment, things are going good and it's really nice. So, yeah, we're just going to try and make everything logistically run smoother and just have loads of fun. That's the plan. And who, who would you say is your favourite um, ever, ever guest artist? Oh... It wasn't the first person we had. She was. Not <laughs> it was that. <laughs> um, Horrible stuff. <laughs> no, do you know what we've we've everyone we've had has been super nice. We haven't had anyone that's been a dick really. But everyone Sorry. that we've had has been someone that I've probably spoken to before, approached or known. Do you see what I mean? But um, yeah, it's you. Obviously, it's you. Yeah. I know. Like that. We should have just shut that off then. Oh, that was you. Okay, thanks. And then that could have... <laughs> Cut all the rest out. It was you. Yeah, we're going to edit that out. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need that I'm ghost not... to be like, it's you. <laughs> yeah, you can get McGog in to come back and do a review yeah. of that comment. <laughs> Don't. Don't. <laughs> well, I think I'm all out of questions. Have you got anything else to say, Mick? No, I've we've we've done all mine. That was really really interesting. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that, so. Interesting. And I'm sure for people who don't tattoo, that was probably quite boring listening to all my technical questions and stuff. But I disagree because that that, that fascinated me, and I don't know what you're talking about. But you you know the references that you made there were were cool, and I I I got that. And I think if you are new to tattooing, or 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 even if you've been doing it for years, hearing you two talk about it so enthusiastically and talk about the techniques, what you use, what equipment. Someone might go, oh, I might try that. I haven't done that. That's, and that's, that's interesting. It's, that's yeah. really, really, really interesting and cool. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. No, but, good chat, guys. Good fun. Thank you very been, much for being, for being our guest. We really appreciate it. Very welcome. I know. Yeah. And thank you so much, like, for coming. When I, um, when I asked Matt to come on our podcast the same like we'd only just sort of thought of the idea and then I was going through asking people and trying to line it up and I asked Matt and he was like yeah that sounds great and the same day I then looked at Matt's story and he advertised another podcast that he'd just done <laughs> it's like, oh, he's gonna think I'm just copying and I said to I said to you Matt like oh I've only just seen it and you said oh I thought that's why you asked me <laughs> I'm like no I did th- I did think it was why you asked me but um no I, do you know what I I think podcasts are great. Like I've been getting really getting into them. So I'm I'm all for it. I think it's a wicked idea. And yeah, wish you guys all the best. Hopefully it'll it'll really take off. Thank oh, you. thanks. And we've been saying like when life is a bit more normal, it'd be cool to come into shops and maybe do like a little follow-up or something in person and have a few beers and yeah, that'd be fun. A couple of oysters. Yes. Yeah. Um Mick can have oyster mushrooms. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure if oysters do they have a central nervous system? I'd probably be allowed an oyster. I, I, I don't know. Up. That's a good point. Because I don't know. They're like, I, don't I think they probably, I know jellyfish don't. I think an oyster might have some sort of, do you do know what? Have... I'll have to get back to you. Yeah, we'll have a look. <laughs> to be honest, I have had an oyster once and a bit of it came out of my nose. So I'm probably, oh, I'm probably all right with swerving them. I'll have the, champ- <laughs> I'll have the champagne though. Yeah. 
<laughs> Matt, cool. thank you. That was really awesome. Welcome, guys. Take it easy. And we'll see you again soon. All right. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.